Good morning, everyone. It's Judah Dago. You're listening to Mad Love. Welcome, welcome. What's going on? It's February already. You know, I know you missed my little daily countdowns to the end of the month or the, or the end of the week or end of the year or whatever. But yeah, I was slammed last week. I was so busy. I had to put out uh, a lot of fires and, um, you know, some of my messaging was always like sort of focused on that. But yeah, absolutely. We are moving through this year at a pretty good clip. At least last year went quickly with all the COVID and everything. Um, it seems like we're finally uh, getting a handle on getting some of the vaccines out and uh, getting more people vaccinated, which, you know, I get it. They're new variants of the of the thing out now. So who knows? But, you know, there's hope because there is a concentrated effort on eradicating this shit instead of just pretending it doesn't exist or praying it goes away by Easter. I think that was Trump's thing. It's going to go away by Easter. That was the messaging, I think, uh, this time last year. Nobody's going to get it, you know, and we've seen hundreds of thousands of people die, Uh, which that part I don't understand why people aren't more upset with him. You know, and I get regular people are probably upset, but his fan base, there's nothing you can say to them. That's why they're a cult. I've had more than one person say, okay, I'm beginning to see what you mean about this cult thing with with Trump. And I'm like, I, I'm not trying to convince you. I'm telling you, that's what this is. These people are, are willing to do anything for this man, which is why it's kind of funny and insulting that Josh Hawley thinks he can just, you know, step in. I'll make these 70 million people happy. They don't want you. They want him. (laughs) He built the cult, not you. It's weird. We live in very interesting times. And as a screenwriter, I often find myself saying, I couldn't even make this up. And I make stuff up all the time, you know, and you don't need to. I mean, this has just been crazy to witness. And that's just one part of life. I can't even really get into all the stuff I've seen that's super crazy and weird. And I think I have finally met my my quotient for weirdos. <laughs> I really feel like I'm, my, my tank may be topped off on weirdo. Like, I don't feel like I can <laughs> meet or talk to or engage with any more weirdos. I, you know, (laughs) I remember with my little cousin, who's now 18. uh, But when I was his uh, primary babysitter, he was five, six, seven. And I remember one day we were having a discussion and I called somebody a weirdo. And he was like, what's a weirdo? I'm sure I told the story on here before, but it's been a while. And it's, it's funny. It sums up uh, me and Jackson's relationship. So he goes, what's a weirdo? And he's probably like seven, six or seven. And I said, um, a weirdo is somebody that's just strange. It's like they're, they're totally different and not just different from you. They're just different. And you'll know a weirdo when you see one. So like a couple of days goes by, uh, goes a couple of days go by and he had one of his cereal boxes out and there was like some wacky zany character on the back. I don't know, selling something. And we walked by it because we were coming in from school. And we walked by it and Jackson stops in his tracks and he goes, now that's a weirdo. (laughs) And I was like, yes, baby, that's a weirdo. (laughs) 
<laughs> but what I wanted him to understand is they, they're not just different from you. You can't go around like not liking everybody who's not like you or finding, you know, something odd about people who are different than you are. It's they're different than everybody. <laughs> they're they're There's something about them that just you can't put your finger on it. They're odd and uh, you'll know it when you see it. And so that was just so funny to me because he looked at that character and he was like, now that's a weirdo. And like he had just, he made up his mind. That's it. <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's true. I feel like I've, I've met as many of those as I can. Uh, and I'm good. If I never meet another person, I think is a weirdo. <laughs> I'll be fine. <laughs> I'm telling you, there are some weird people out here, weirdos. And then, you know, um, like I said, I've just seen so many strange things. It's so hard to to put into words, um, you know, because I don't know. I and yeah, you know, I it's just interesting. I like I said, I feel like I've met my quotient, and you know, I've had some. I've had a nuanced life. My life is interesting. I remember being in L.A. trying to get my film career off the ground, and that was so bizarre for me because L.A. is not a lot like St. Louis at all. And so it's different. It moves at a, people think it's laid back, but it's not. People think it's not racist because all the races live out there. That's not true. Um, there's, it's, I think in a lot of ways, a, a, a more aggressive racism than say a place like St. Louis, because a lot of stuff people think is racism here isn't. Yes, there's racism in St. Louis, Missouri. No doubt about it. Home address, Scott. Okay, I get it. But a lot of stuff people assume is racism here isn't. You know, you need to go out and have a... um, It's like the difference between cancers. Yes, St. Louis has a racism cancer, but it's not the most malignant, aggressive that kills immediately. That's what I found in L.A. And maybe it's different. That was 20-something years ago. But I remember people were more openly hostile (laughs) about race. Um, and their the stakes were bigger because I was in the film industry too. Also, you got to realize so people would say things under the auspices of why they couldn't make this movie or why they didn't have fun at that party or or why things were a certain way. Um, and and it was all couched in the entertainment business, but it really was just on its surface naked racism. Like I I shared that one story where the lady. You know, I was just an intern. I had I, all I had to do was go up the hill. It was turns out to be it was like a mountain because I tried to walk it one day and everybody everything on my body hurt. I was young then too. I was like, okay, won't be walking from work. Um, so I started taking the bus, and that one lady saw me on the bus stop, and she was like, "Oh, you can't take this white lady, probably my age now." or younger, probably younger. And she was just like, you can't be taking the bus. I mean, I can give you a ride. Only Mexicans and poor people take the bus. I mean, she said it with like a straight face. And this is literally 30 years ago. What is this? This was probably 1990. She's looked me in the face and said that. And I was like, this place, she had no shame or compunction. Her name was Kathy. That's all I remember. 
And in her mind, I bet I could walk up to her right now and she'd be like, what did I say that was wrong? Because she thinks that's that's okay, I guess. But A, it's not true. Black people take the bus too. And so then are you conflating black and poor? Are you just saying poor and Mexicans ride the bus? I'm black. I mean, poor black people and Mexicans ride the bus. Or only poor people. And only poor people are black and Mexican. There was just so many nuances to what she said. And, you know, I don't know. There's something about me. I've had more than one conversation where a white person said something completely offensive but almost didn't recognize my blackness as they were talking to me. And it is like an out-of-body experience, let me tell you. Um, and, and you know, I'm not sure how we got down this road or where I was going. <laughs> but at the end of the day, racism is exists. I just don't think everybody understands what it is. I even heard a case recently, and I wasn't there, where a white person accused another white person of being racist. And it's like... I mean, I wasn't privy to the conversation. I wasn't there. So I don't know if that's accurate or not. But it's like, we can't just throw any disagreement under the uh, racism hat. You know, I could have a problem with 10 white people. That doesn't make me hate all white people. And now I'm a total racist. You know, I, I just really think that's a word that gets overused. You know, maybe the people... Maybe the people that you have a problem with that have all the same trait, you know, they're all unprofessional. Maybe I don't like them because they're unprofessional. They all happen to be white, but that doesn't mean, you know what I mean? Like we, people have just gone too far. And I think that's the big problem in America is when we try to tackle big issues, all the wrong people start talking about it. You know what I mean? It's like, where where are the people who can really enlighten but nobody wants to be enlightened. Everybody just wants to be right. Have you noticed that? Uh, and I know I have a lot of listeners outside of the country, and I'm pretty sure these conversations amuse and horrify you. Uh, so sorry. Um, but I've just found that nobody cares anymore about the facts. Everybody just wants to be proven right. Like, I'm justified in feeling the way that I feel, so this has to be true. And then they don't care after that. That's kind of cult-like as well, you know, but nothing compares to the Trump cult. Um, watch one or two documentaries on on cults and you tell me, especially that Keith Raniere guy that just got all that prison time and watch the one on stars, not the one on HBO. The one on stars has receipts and it's it's way more damning because you finish the HBO one like, well, what's the big deal? Why do you have to go to jail for, you know? He just seems like an asshole and a sexist. But then you watch the one on stars and you're like, oh, okay. He's a rapist. He's a pedophile. You know, okay. So anyway, I have no idea what we were talking about. <laughs> we got on this road and I just walked all the way down. I have no idea what the beginning topic was, what I was, what point I was trying to make. Probably something about screenwriting if I was talking about LA. Um, comparing LA and St. Louis is like oil and water but there's some similarities in terms of the racism it's just here it's more subtle it was more subtle in LA and here if something doesn't go your way you just holler racism and then that's all everybody's like oh harumph 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 everybody's all fired up about that um oh 
Rest in peace, Cloris Leachman and Cicely Tyson. They were both very, uh, very popular in my childhood. I mean, um, you just saw them everywhere. I remember seeing Cloris Leachman on the Mary Tyler Moore show. I remember watching Cicely Tyson and everything. Miss Jane Pittman, Sounder. She was everywhere in the 70s. Um, They made it to their 90s. Uh, Worked worked well into their uh 80s and 90s good for them um the world is gonna be less without them that kind of talent and those kind of careers 60 70 year careers that's amazing good for them and uh i get it if i felt like my work was done i'd check out too (laughs) we are going through a transitional phase on planet earth right now So anyway, I hope everybody has an amazing week. Happy February. Keep plugging away at your goals. Um, I hope you hit some targets in January, things you wanted to do. Set up that bank account, switch banks. Um, I remember last year this time I finally switched banks because I hated my bank so much. And it's like, I'm finally doing it. It just took forever because it was kind of inconvenient, but I did it. So that counts as a goal if you if you don't like your bank or you don't like the interest you're getting open up a second checking account or a savings account with some interest i use constant um i think their website is www.myconstant.com or you can check out my twitter feed uh i put um you know my code up there so you can sign up Robinhood, I had recommended using it. It seems like they had some issues. I didn't like the fact that they stopped trading for regular people, but stayed open for hedge funds. But once I read an explanation as to why they did that, I get it. Um, Our systems aren't really designed to be manipulated by regular average Joes (laughs) because institutional orders come in in big chunks and they're handled a certain way. But when you got, you know, $10,000 orders, uh, it doesn't get cleared the same way it's handled differently so yeah it's it's fascinating times fascinating times i just don't want anybody to sink all the good work i've done in my uh portfolio with with the stock market so uh i'm being selfishly protective over that and you know gonna launch a few things working hard uh worked on my uh teleplay this weekend um really starting to get into the mindset that you have to have to start writing and especially something that's expansive. So I'm excited about that, uh, that I've got goals for myself and I, and I hope to hit them here, uh, hope to hit them. Um, and I also was wondering if anybody would be interested and I have the first screenplay that ever really got me any attention. Um, I still have it, of course. And I'm happy to have not produced it. I was sharing this with my one of my buddies who was a working screenwriter, working filmmaker, and he had to pull the plug on a project at the last minute. Uh, he just didn't feel right about the deal, and and uh, uh, the studio didn't want him making changes to his script, which is, you know, that's just 101. You don't want to go in front of a camera if your project isn't where you really want it to be. Some people do it anyway for the check and some people don't and he didn't and uh you know it's it's just tough I felt bad for him because you could just hear you know and this is a tough way to earn a buck I don't think people realize that but film is really it's so collaborative and it's so rando and you know anyway he told me um 
over the weekend that I was actually one of the better writers. He was like, people are out here working that don't have as much talent as you. Nowhere close. So just keep plugging away. And I'm like, yeah, okay, bro. I'm going to keep doing that. Um, And also on top of that, I was wondering if anybody on this podcast would be interested in hearing my first script. I actually wrote it. I was about 22 the skeleton of that script is is was founded in 20 in when I was 22 so like 1992 but um I've also you know gone back over the years and and like tweaked it fixed the language but I'm thinking now when I actually film it I'm actually going to film it like it was 1992 uh just just to keep it you know, fresh. And it was a script that people told me I was brilliant. And that's the thing you got to watch. You're brilliant, but they don't write you checks. So they just don't want to offend you because they know you have enough talent that you may actually get successful. So they want to tell you that you're talented and brilliant, but they don't want to write you a check. So, um, you know, I was, I actually, there was some guy scamming. One of my friends was in the audience and he said he had produced this film and it was my screenplay and he had made poster art and everything. And I was like, there's no way he could be reproducing this because he's just a liar because I have the copyright. Um, so anyway, that kind of stuff aside, I would like to try to crack open the script and maybe read you a few pages. And if you guys like it, we can keep going. But, um, yeah, just some feedback on that. Uh, that would be cool. Um, and I think I might do that once a week. Um, so I'm giving some ideas about how to expand the podcast, uh, keep you guys entertained. And I, you know, I just appreciate you guys listening so much and you've been so supportive. The feedback has been extraordinary. Thank you for listening, liking, sharing. Uh, and if you hear something you like, you know, go ahead and cop it, (laughs) go ahead and especially music wise, go ahead and put it in your, uh, Spotify playlists, uh, your Apple uh, Music playlists. Buy it if you want. I'm I'm not opposed to that. Um, I'm you know I'm reticent to ask for your money, but this podcast is not making a lot of money, and so uh, yeah, you know we have the listeners. That's what's incredible, and uh, yeah, I don't do it for the money but it would be nice to monetize this. <laughs> so uh, if you guys could keep in mind ways to, to help support us, we would appreciate that. But know that I love that you listen and um, I'm working hard to try to keep the podcast interesting in season four. Okay, recognize. Thank you so much. Please be well, be safe. Um, yeah, you know, just take care of yourselves and we'll meet back here soon. I hope you feel sufficiently motivated for this Monday, February the 1st, 2021. We are witnesses to history uh, and it feels like we're in some sort of a reckoning. And uh, yeah, I'm excited. I think things are going to be really, really good for a long time here because uh, it seems like justice is coming. And if it's coming for you, you know, you just better hope you've been living right. I'm just saying. All right. Be well, be safe, be your best.